Daily Gazette Company presents the Parting Shots Podcast. Now, here's your host, Daily Gazette Sports Editor, Ken Shot. Thank you, Scott Geezy, and welcome to the Parting Shots Podcast. Available wherever you get your podcast. Subscribe today. Thanks for joining me from the Parting Shots Podcast Studio in Schenectady, New York. It's our weekly segment with the Union Men's Head Hockey Coach, Josh Houcher. Josh, welcome back. Yeah, thanks for having me. How are things going? Yeah, everything is good. Good week of practice thus far. Yeah, getting ready for uh, Colgate and Cornell this weekend. For the first time, uh, the Central New York teams are visiting West Frank first annual face these teams this year. We'll look ahead to those games in our second segment. But let's look back at uh, last weekend's games at Yale and Brown. It was almost another lost weekend against those two teams, but the Gardner Chargers rallied to tie Brown 4-4, and then they're in the extra point by winning the shootout. But let's start with the Yale game last Friday, 3-1 loss at Ingalls Ring. I thought the team seemed to start well in the first few minutes. You outshot Yale 13-11 in the first period. What was your take on that opening period? Yeah, I felt like we had the better of the chances and you know, probably should have been up one nothing. Um their goaltender made some made some big saves and um you know, we we got to you know, find a way to get one there in that first period. Yeah, Jack Stark seems to be uh, the old goaltender. Seems to be very impressive. It's, it's just a freshman. Yeah, he's he's been a you know a difference maker for them here, especially of late. He had a great month and he was great against us. Yeah, I think the game turned in the second period when each team had a shorthanded breakaway. Union's Carter Corpy, who's in a three-way tie for second in the country with three shorthanded goals, missed on his attempt early in the period. But uh, William Deneen scored on his late in the second to give Yale one nothing lead. And I was watching the game on ESPN Plus on my phone. Unfortunately, I can't get it any other way on my uh, I, I've been trying to figure out how to get it on TV and I can't do it um, but you know I couldn't tell if Carter's shot was stopped or went wide but do you think that was a turning point in the game yeah I think that like just the like Carter is just he's been just automatic for us on breakaways this season and you know if you can pick one guy to get one right now he's probably at the top of my list and um, yeah just you know he missed the net um, Goaltender did a good job getting out, and and then you know obviously a couple minutes later it comes back. We turn one over, and um, you know they they take advantage of it. Yeah, how frustrating is that? Yeah, it was you know especially when you feel like you've had some pretty good chances and you could be up one nothing, and you go through that and and and, and you end up and you're down one nothing. Yeah, well Yale gets a goal early in the third period to make it two nothing. And then John Prokop pulls Union within one at, with 544 left. I mean, you're looking at a chance of possibly uh, pulling the goaltender, Kyle Chauvet, for an extra attacker. But unfortunately, uh, for Union, 15 seconds after Prokop's goal, uh, Cullen Ferguson gets a five-minute major and a game misconduct for boarding. And Yale ends up getting a power play goal with 203 left. Uh, Yale takes a penalty with 157 remaining, which ended the power play. But, I mean, how much did Cullen's penalty really hurt Union's chances of tying the game? Because you, had to, you have to play that differently. Yeah, it's it's really hard to, you know, be in that situation. You're down a goal. you got to make something happen. Um, and then, you know, there's 5.30 whatever left, and you, you take a five-minute major. So you're really up against it. Uh, we are trying to press. We're trying to look for opportunities, and you know, and ends up giving up the the power play goal. Yeah, yeah, it didn't look like you. I think you tried, but you just couldn't get get anything going. Uh, try to take those chances and get some uh, shorthand opportunities. Yeah, I, I think what you're looking for in in that situation is you know, to to get a puck on net at least so you can get a face off, um, and then and then you can pull your goalie and have five on five play at least if you you want to be aggressive or attack. Um, we we got a two on one I think like 15 seconds in and they they got back quick so we didn't get to really you know execute anything there on that one and and then they just played catch and you know we're playing keep away. Yeah, well let's look at that the Brown game. You decided to go with 13 forwards and six defensemen instead of 12 forwards and seven defensemen that you had used in the Yale game. Uh, forward Ethan Benz replaced defenseman DJ Hart. What was the uh, reasoning behind that? 
Well, Ethan's just been playing really good hockey for us in practice and, you know, felt like he, he's earned an opportunity. Um, you know, DJ's been pretty consistent in our lineup here of late, um, you know, and just give him a, you know, a break and want to be able to watch a game. And, you know, he'll be he'll be back in here on, on Friday. Yeah. Well, just like the Yale game, Union falls behind 2-0, a fluky first period goal with 536 left in the first period. Uh, as a Ryan Bottle shot, uh, shot hits uh, Kyle Chauvet, goes up in the air and hits the arm of Nick Traggio and goes in. The officials reviewed the goal for about 10 minutes, and this, of course, would be the first of many video reviews in this game. And the goal said, what did you see on that play? Yeah, I, I think, you know, it just it, it went up in the air, and I think they thought it was maybe a high stick. They just thought it was a fluky play, and so they wanted to take a look at it. Um, you know, for us, it was... It, it all started because we just turned the puck over in the offensive zone and they came back down and, um, you know, you you let them get above you a little bit. They had three on two and, and Brandon tried to, you know, you know be physical and knock the guy out of the way, but he uh, he lost that kind of confrontation and the puck just bounced in. Yeah. And then Brown takes a 2 nothing lead on a controversial goal by Mike Cataldo with 8.48 left in the second period. You immediately challenged the play for offsides and the replay that the Brown broadcast showed it showed that the play was clearly offside, but again, another another long review. Uh, the officials could not find anything, and they told you there were technical difficulties. Uh, not only is you, know, you lose the, the challenge, uh, you end up losing the timeout. I mean, how frustrating was that, and did you ever hear from the league about that? Yeah, I mean, it's extremely frustrating. Um, <laughs> yeah, you, you, you know, you, everybody that I've spoken with that, you know, everybody has access to this. So like, it's, it, it's on the ESPN plus feed, like the fact that like, they just can't get it. It's, I, yeah, I, I don't, I don't understand it. Um, you know, I, you got the guy climbing over the glass to try to look at it on the small screen over there. So it's, it's not ideal situation. Um, I think it's something that needs to be corrected. Um, you know, when we've spoken with the commissioner, he's, he's very well, very aware that you know the, the replay in some places has to get fixed. So yeah. yeah, I mean, here's a funny thing though. We normally they're not allowed at least the yes, the broadcast because there's been video reviews at Union, and they never show the while the reviews going on. They never show the replay on air, live on the air. Was this one they did at Brown, which I which I, was, I wish they would do more often with the Union. So I don't know if it's a league rule. You're not allowed to see it, but I mean. I mean, I think there was one point last year where I think you had a video review and there was the the, the video wasn't working, so you didn't didn't end up losing a timeout. Well, well why didn't this that apply there? Because if it was a technical glitch, I mean, that's not your fault. Yeah, they they just said that the video they had there was a like there was they were missing like four. I I don't even know like <laughs> it it went the clip they had he was you know they were in the neutral zone. Then the next clip they both are in the, the offensive zone and. That's what they went with. So Hanky I'm, panky? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, now you're chasing the game at this point. Yeah, the Garner Chargers get a goal from Caden Viegas with 201 left in the second, but Bottrell scores 26 seconds into the third period to regain the two goal lead. Uh, Billy Eman scores a power play goal that, here we go again, video review. Uh, the officials didn't see it go in initially. Uh, another 10, 10 minute review, they, uh, you get the, get the call there, and they originally credit the goal to Nate, Nate Hanley, but I guess it was changed a little bit later. Uh, but the three fourteen after that, Tyler Koff makes it four two. I mean, at that point, what's the mood like on the bench? Yeah, it was really down. Um, you know, we felt like we were playing really well. Um, you know, puck just bounced over our stick, and and they get an odd man rush because of it, like kind of a a fluky thing. And um, you know, I, I I told the team like <laughs> after the game, like in my head, I'm like, 
I know like this happens again. Are you kidding me? And, and they just kept working. And so I, you know, all the credit to the guys, they stayed, they stayed positive. They stayed the course and, um, you know, they start, you could, they just didn't quit. And then right away, it's super easy to be positive when the guys are going. And, um, I, you know, it, it got me going, it got our staff going. And, you know, next, next thing you know, we, we, you know, get Tupper gets the one to make it four, three. Yeah. We're going to talk about that. You had a gamble. You see, you pull Solvet for an extra attacker and it didn't take long. Uh, Tupper scores with a uh, four forty nine left. So it puts you within one. You have plenty of time to try to get uh, the tying goal before, before pulling Kyle again, which you end up doing pulling Kyle. And then 58.1 seconds left. Uh, Tyler Watkins uh, has a one timer from the top of the left circle and Brandon bear tip, tips it in. Ties it up, and I mean, what's the feeling right at that point? Well, I thought, you know, I, at that point, it's like let's get this thing in regulation, and you know, like we're right there, and it was it was a lot of fun to be on the bench at that point, just because you know the guys had worked so hard, and you know, you they make a couple nice plays to get it, and you know, we're finally getting tips at the net, uh, which for us, like I thought their goalie played really well, and he made a lot of big saves, so we you know we're trying to get traffic there, try to get some high tips, and you know, it just. Excited for the guys to get rewarded after they work that hard. I mean, you pepper them with 26 shots on going that third period of season high. And I, I was trying to look back to see if that was a, a team record for most shots in a period. But it's just like you guys were not relentless. I mean, Brown was, I think, beat up. They lost a player to injury and they had several guys out. And to be able to just, it just, it seemed like you, you wore them down as that third period went on. Yeah, and that was, that was we kind of talked about it early in the game that every bump was going to count tonight, every every hit was going to count because you know like they they rely really heavily heavily on that top line of theirs. I think their you know their depth scoring isn't as strong as ours. So you know for us that's a focal point, and you know um, we're physical, and you know, they end up uh, losing a, a good player that had to had to get out, but we were able to take advantage of it and and, and finish a couple off. Well, I have to say, Josh, the overtime was a snooze fest. <laughs> Possession play, no shots on goal. And it seems like teams just wanted to get to the shootout at that point. And then the shootout, it was the same formula for success uh, for Union as it had in the shootout win over St. Lawrence. Uh, Kyle Chauvet uh, stops two shots. Carter Corpy and Nate Hanley score the goals, and you get the extra point. And I would assume the bus ride from home for Providence, for Rhode Island, was a happy one. Yeah, I, I think it was. <laughs> it was. I mean, it was, you know, everybody was pretty fired up to get that. And, you know, like that's a pretty dramatic comeback. And, um, you know, they never quit. And they haven't quit all season. Like it's 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 a fun group. It just seems like, and I wrote about this in uh, my Monday uh, final horn column, it just seems like there's that bringing back the pack of wolves mentality that the, this program had back in the uh, – uh, glory years there when winning the national championship and winning ECAC hockey tournaments and regular season titles. Just they're attacking and attacking and attacking. And we're seeing that, and it seems like they're gaining a lot more confidence. Yeah, I, I mean, it, it's exciting that people are even considering us in the same realm as those teams because those teams were unbelievable. And um, you know, I, I just think they've they that we've taken a big step. And you know, I think the leadership group has just done an amazing job. And you know, I think. Just up and down the lineup, the amount of work these guys put in on a, on a weekly basis—it's—it's it's, it's a lot of fun, and and I'm just enjoying myself. Lenny and John and and our staff, coach, you know, Coach Gableman and the strength, you know, strength and conditioning, the bags and Cheryl. Like, it's, I'm pretty lucky to be working with the people I'm working with. Well, after the break, we'll talk about this weekend's home games against Colgate and Cornell. You're listening to the Parting Shots podcast. It's the most historic conference in college hockey. It's a battle night in and night out. ECAC Hockey, an iconic conference home to 12 of the most prestigious universities and programs in the world and showcasing the best student athletes in the sport. 
top-notch facilities and arenas, incomparable traditions, passionate fans, alumni who go on to become elite professionals, leaders, and champions. ECAC hockey, there's no experience like it. If you really want to know what's going on in your community, you have to read the Daily Gazette. We don't take a side. We're right down the middle and we're going to get to the truth. Our reporters and photographers are out in the field bringing you updates every minute with trust, accuracy, and integrity. From the first page to the last page, independent, probing journalism. We're finding out what's going on in the community where nobody else is covering. It's who we are. It's what we do. Hi, I'm Daily Gazette News columnist Andrew Waite and host of the Weighing In podcast, which takes you inside my award-winning featured news column by offering the backstory, thought process, and interviews that inform my work. Plus, readers have their chance to respond. The Weighing In podcast is available at dailygazette.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Want to get all the latest news from the Daily Gazette on your phone or tablet? We have an app for that. The Daily Gazette app allows you to read all the newspaper stories and columns from our dedicated team of journalists. The app is free. You can download the app from the Apple or Google app stores. Hi, this is Matt Dubray, the play-by-play voice of Union College Hockey. You're listening to the Parting Shots podcast with Daily Gazette sports editor, Ken Schott. Welcome back to the podcast and Union Men's Hockey Coach uh, Josh Halge joins me for his uh, weekly segment here on the Parting Shots podcast. Well, Union's back home this weekend with games against Colgate on Friday and Cornell on Saturday, both games starting at 7 o'clock. And as I mentioned at the top of the podcast, uh, Josh, this is the first time you are seeing these teams this season. You'll see them again on the road in the final weekend of the season, the first weekend of March. I know we talked a little bit about uh, the the quirkiness of the schedule uh, last week, but how good does it feel to finally see these teams? Well, it's nice to play somebody different, and I think right now, you know, we're we're chasing these two teams in the in the standings. So you got an opportunity to, you know, play somebody that you are chasing. So the fact that we're playing meaningful big games, and you know, here in February, it's 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 great, and we're excited for it. Yeah, as you mentioned, these are yeah these are important games in the race for two hundred first round by in the ECAC hockey tournament. Union's in fifth place right now, a point behind fourth place Clarkson for that final first round by slot. The Garner Chargers trail third place Colgate by four points and are five points behind second place Cornell. I mean, talk about the importance of these games with regards to chasing that first round by. Yeah, I think you know we got to come away with points this weekend. Um, this is you know you, you got an opportunity not only to to get three, but to take away three from a, a team you're chasing. And, you know, I, I think that it's just important that we keep the momentum going. We've gotten points in six of the last seven games. And, you know, the guys are feeling good about themselves. And they've, they've you know, they've earned everything they've got. And they got, we got to keep going with it. Yeah, Colgate and Cornell have been rolling of late. Colgate has won five of its last uh, six games, including its last two. And Cornell, which plays at RPI on Friday, is 7-0-3 in its last 10. And they've yet to lose in 2024. Let's start with Colgate. Uh, for the Raiders, uh, former Raiders standout Mike Harder is new head coach. He replaced uh, Don Vaughn, who retired at the end of the last season. How do you think uh, Harder has been doing in his first season as a head coach? I, I, think, I think he's been tremendous. I mean, you even just look at what they've done from the first half to the second half. Um, you know, he, he, he's first and foremost a good person and, and does things the right way, so a ton of respect uh, for him and, and just the job he's doing. And uh, he's got that group really believing in what they're doing. What do you see on tape that impresses you about Colgate? I think they get four in the rush, and uh, they don't give up a whole lot. I think Carter Guylander is one of the top goaltenders in the ECAC. Um, 
you know, they, they have some guys that have taken a good step because they lost some good players from last year. And, um, you know, I think there's some similarities between the two teams. Like they, they get some depth scoring and um, I think their D are, are active and, um, you know, able to make plays. I know your focus is on Colgate since they're the first opponent uh, this weekend, but Cornell continue, be, continues to be good under veteran head coach Mike Schaefer. Yeah, of course, the last time you played them on February 2nd of last year at Lina Rink, Cornell scored those six first period uh, goals, the five of them coming on a major power play and rolling to a 10-1 win. And we'll talk about that game in a few weeks when Union goes back there. But why has Cornell been good, so good for so long? Well, I, I just think that they have a recipe that works. They... Uh, they defend extremely hard. They don't give you anything. Um, they get guys that that buy into their culture and their identity, and they and they take pride in it. So, um, you know, it's you, know, you you take a look at just kind of how their their players carry themselves. You you, you can tell a Cornell player um, when they're recruiting and they get a guy. A lot of times you're like, well, yeah, that makes sense. So uh, I think they do a great job recruiting to the way they want to play, and then. They don't, they don't change the way they're going to play. I think to me, though, Josh, I think maybe Mike Schaefer had an epiphany after the 2015 ECAC hockey tournament. Uh, they hosted Union in, the, in that first round, and Union went in there, won 4-2, and then 7-0. And I think Union was a fa- much faster team. Cornell was still that slow plotting team. And I think since then, I think Schaefer's maybe going out and tried to find faster skaters, and that, I think that's – maybe helped him continue um, his success there. What do you think? Yeah, that, that would make sense. I mean, like I've, I haven't seen those 20, you know, 15 teams. I was in junior hockey kind of during that time. But since I've, you know, came into to college hockey, like they've always had guys that could skate. Um, so like that, that would make a ton of sense. And um, they really can get up and go. They have guys that are, that are big and strong and, and can move and, and they make it miserable for you. Why is the game seven o'clock on Saturday, not four? <laughs> yeah, it's a uh, you know it's a league rule. Like we like to play Saturdays at four, but uh, uh, you know you have to have the visiting team agree to it. Um, you know they don't want to alter their um, their routine. Uh, kind of like I mentioned, they 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 play a certain way. They don't want you don't want their routine to change. So uh, you know I, it's their call. Um, you know for us we like the four o'clock start. Um, I think it's you know better for the student athlete. The guys can get. You know, get a good night's sleep on Saturday, and and we'll get ready for the next week. But um, you know, both teams have to agree. Four o'clock is better for our deadline, sweet, since we have earlier deadlines <laughs> now. So, but uh, yeah. uh, well, people can still find my stories at delegates.com. So, uh, some good news uh, came came out earlier this week with regards to the Harbor Arena projects. It looks like a step closer to reality. Um, Schenectady City Council, in a story by our Gazette, uh, my Gazette colleague Tim Remsnyder, he said the Schenectady City County will allocate two point five million dollars in American Rescue Plan Act funding to to the proposed uh, arena that the uh, union's going to play in. Uh, I mean, this seems like it's a step closer to reality and uh, how important is it to, you know, looks like maybe the final piece of the puzzle here. Yeah, I think this is kind of the thing they needed just to get everything across the finish line. So I, I'm hoping that this is, you know, full steam ahead and everything's a go. Um, it, it's an exciting time and we're looking at different plans. I mean, we've started looking at you know, the blueprints and, and getting where, you know, where would you want uh, an outlet to, you know, where would you want TVs? So, um, you know, from our side, I know that we're preparing and it seems like everything is is ready to go. But, um, you know, until there's, you know, you see the equipment up and then they got a hole in the ground, you're just kind of waiting. Man, how important is that in the recruiting class when you're, you know, talk to the players, uh, junior hockey players say, you know, not only with the scholarships, now we're talking about a new rink. I mean, I can't, you can't show them, Right now, a picture of the rank, but can you show them plans or what can you, what, what do you tell them? Yeah, I mean, we have some pictures and, you know, just we talk about it a lot, but 
I think it's more so just to show what the school is doing for us and that, you know, they're investing into the hockey program and, and, and that hockey means a big deal to union. You know, you, you got, you got the ability to add scholarships. Now we got the ability to, you know, we're getting our guys more meals at, you know, in the rink, we're getting uh, a new rink. I mean, just the little things that they're allowing us to do and, um, you know, really taking care of our, of our athletes. It's, it's, it's fun to be a part of. Yeah. Uh, we, we always encourage uh, comments and uh, questions from our listeners. That uh, You can always email at shotatdailygazette.com or follow me on X and Threads at, at Slapshots, and uh, I was posted on Facebook as well. And a comment from reader Bill Jones, and he wrote that Union has set themselves up to achieve everything they could have hoped for this season. Just play well, get on a roll, and watch good things happen. Let's go you, he says. That's a, I appreciate that a lot. I mean, I think, you know, I— when you're talking about where we thought we'd be at, at this point, um, I, I do think we're maybe a little ahead of where, where I thought we'd be. So it, it's exciting. And I think guys are playing at a, at a level that we knew they could achieve, but um, you know, the consistency of it right now has been a lot of fun. And I even think we got more in us. Yeah. I was mentioning about recruiting. I mean, there's some news coming out about the possibility of the NCAA allowing players who are in Canadian major junior hockey to become eligible to play in the NCAA. Uh, Mike McGann of College Hockey Insider has been writing a lot about this. Uh, of course, in years past, if a player chose Canadian major junior hockey over the NCAA, they were automatically ineligible to play in the NCAA because a major Canadian junior hockey teams give a stipend to players. So that's, in effect, they're getting paid according to the NCAA. But with the transfer portal and NCAA, players making money on their name, image, and likeness. And obviously the landscape is changing. What are your thoughts? Is this good for our college hockey? Yeah, this is like, <laughs> there's a lot of different ways to look at this. I think it opens up more players to the player pool. Uh, but at the same point, I think you're given, you know, all those guys that are playing major junior, you know, more more of a chance than the guys that are, you know, playing, you know, tier two hockey. Uh, you know, so how does that affect, you know, places like, the U.S. national program, the USHL, the BCHL, like where do these guys go now? Do they go to major junior or do they stay in, in the route that they're, you know, they're on right now? Um, right now, if I, if I had to vote, I'd, I'd vote against it. Um, that that's where I'm at. I think that I think college hockey is doing a tremendous job. We have players that are going in the first round. We have guys that are choosing college hockey over major junior. Um, I, I think, you know, if, if they have the choice to do both, will they come right to college hockey or will they go to major junior and then, and then go, you know, to the you know NHL. So I, I like the fact that we got first rounders playing in our game right now. I like where college hockey is at. I don't think it's ever been stronger. Um, so you know, for us, yeah, maybe it'd be nice to open up the player pool a little bit. But you know, I don't trust that major junior coaches care how these guys are doing academically. And you know, a school like Union, we need the guys to do well uh, in school before they get here. Who do you like in the Super Bowl? Oh. I guess with just being a Minnesota fan, I always cheer for the NFC, so I take the 49ers. <laughs> okay. I, 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 I'll have my pick on my Thursday podcast, so, but uh, we, we may disagree. I'll, <laughs> I'll give you a hint on that one. But, uh, well, Josh, appreciate uh, again doing this, and uh, we'll do this again next week. Of course, I'll be uh, seeing you over there Friday and Saturday uh, for the games against uh, Colgan Cornell. Should be a fun weekend, so hey, excited for it, and thanks as always. Yeah, that's Josh Halsey. Of course, I'll be covering those games. You can follow me on X and Threads at Slapshots, and of course, you can follow me on Facebook as well. I'll have another edition of the Parting Shots podcast on Thursday. I'll have Super Bowl 58 predictions from my Daily Gazette colleagues. I'll also have more on this weekend's Union Men's and uh, Women's Hockey Games. Uh, Union uh, have interviews with Ben Tupker, Brandon Bear, and Kyle Ch- Chauvet. And the women, uh, they go to Colgate and Cornell this weekend. I'll talk with assistant coach Chris Ardito, forward Emily King, and goalie Sophie Matsukis.
The views expressed on the Parting Shots podcast are not necessarily those of the Daily Gazette Company. The Parting Shots podcast is a production of the Daily Gazette Company. I'm Daily Gazette Sports Editor Ken Schott. Thanks for listening, and I'll catch you next time. From the Parting Shots podcast studio in Schenectady, New York, good day, good hockey.